let us pray. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this hour. I thank you for all the Girl Scouts, visitors, friends, and leaders who are assembled here. Lord, I just thank you for blessing us to be here. Lord, please bless this offering, dear Lord, and let it be used for your services, dear Lord. Guide us throughout our day, throughout our lives, dear Lord. Guide our pastor and all that we do. These blessings I ask in your son Jesus' name. Amen. getting excited about our annual Women's Day celebration happening next week. Join us on Friday, March the 9th at 7 p.m. for our Pearls of Faith banquet honoring all past mission presidents. The cost is $25 per person or $250 for a table of eight. All women are asked to wear pearls for this event. And on Saturday at 8 a.m., join us for the annual prayer breakfast. The cost is $10 per person. And on Sunday, March the 11th, during the 11 o'clock worship service, join us for our Women's Day worship celebration, where the speaker will be Attorney Laverne Edney. You can purchase your tickets for these events immediately following the 8 or the 11 o'clock worship service and on Wednesday nights after Bible study. And all women are welcome to participate in the Women's Day Choir. Rehearsals will be this Tuesday, March the 6th, from 6 to 8 p.m. and Saturday, March the 10th, at 10.30 to 12. Okay, we have one more month in this challenge. The weigh-ins will be the first two Sundays in April between services, and the announcement of the winner will take place on the third Sunday. Now is the time to adhere to the plan that you've developed to keep yourself on track and solidify those plans into a healthier habit for the rest of the year. Take a look at the bulletin board for helpful information. Remember that change comes with daily decisions, and in the meantime, Loretta just wants to say, go Purple Team! The Tougaloo College Concert Choir will be performing here at Cade on today at 3 p.m. This event is free and open to the public. All alumni are encouraged to attend and show their support. The Men's Super Conference, sponsored by the General Missionary Baptist State Convention, will take place at Natchez High School in Natchez, Mississippi on Saturday, March the 24th, beginning at 8 a.m. For more information about this event and to sign up, please see Brother Thomas Cheatham. The installation services for Reverend Daryl Harrington will take place on Sunday, March the 18th at 3 p.m. at New Sardis Church in Memphis, Tennessee. The buses will leave K-Chapel promptly at 10.30 a.m. for those of you who signed up to ride. There are still seats available on the bus. Upon arrival in Memphis, the New Sardis Church will greet us and lunch will be provided. The color theme for this event is black and white. For more information, please contact Sister Shannon Moore at 601-842-0216. If you show up next Sunday and the parking lot looks a little thin, it's probably because you forgot to set your clock forward. Daylight saving time starts on next Sunday, March the 11th. Let's spring forward and show up on time for church. It's first Sunday here at K Chapel, which means we're celebrating your birthdays. Well, our birthdays. Happy birthday to everyone with a birthday during the awesome month of March. And please be sure to check your bulletins and the bulletin boards for additional announcements and upcoming community events. And to share your ministry news with the K Chapel family, just send an email to kchapelannouncements at yahoo.com or you can go to the submit info tab on the K Chapel app. But be sure to get your announcements in by noon on Tuesday of each week. Before we go any further, I think we have an announcement from a young lady, Miss Ed.
Good morning, everyone. I'm Adriana Crosby, and I'm your Miss K Chapel 2017-2018. And I would like to say that um, in the back we are, as you know, we are starting our Royal Snack Shop. And so I would like for your support to help out. The snacks are from 50 cents to a dollar, and donations are welcome as well. Thank you. My name is Madison Evans, and I am junior Miss K Chapel, and I am also a part of the Girl Scouts Junior Troop. Next, we will have our recognition of visitors by Bailey Hobson from Troop 5027. Will all visitors please stand? All visitors please stand. Amen. Please remain standing. Visitors, our home is your home. You are welcome. At Case Chapel, we want to give you something no other church will give you. Go choir. All right. This is our fellowship here. Welcome to Cade Chapel.
chosen seed of Israel's race. He ransomed from the fall. March babies, all of our March babies, stand to your feet. Let us wish you a happy birthday this, this morning. March babies, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. All right. <laughs> happy birthday. Happy birthday. Wonderful, wonderful. Happy birthday. God bless you. Amen. Happy God bless you. God bless you. March birthday. Now, I caught something. I wonder if I'm, I'm making something of it. Did I hear you say our birthday is up there? So, Shannon, it's your birthday. Yeah, you can wave. Amen. Media is her birthday, too, in March. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. It's such a, such a privilege and pleasure to have each of you worshiping with us on this morning. Does anybody know the Lord is good? Amen. Does anybody come to worship the Lord? Can we just right quickly go on and give God a little praise right now? If you know God is good and God is great, why don't you just give him the praise that's due his name? Don't we serve a good God? Don't we serve an awesome God and a mighty God? Hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb of God. This is the day that the Lord has made. Anybody in this house rejoicing and glad in it? Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. What an awesome God we serve amen amen we do have some families i understand visiting with us this morning part of the uh harrington and watson family and we thank god for you all and slate and slater tell you what all of the families for the wedding of of marquita and david how about that why don't you all stand and let us see you all this morning amen god bless you good to have you all with us on this morning amen of course, that ceremony will be taking place immediately following this service, and so we're glad to be uh, sharing this uh, service with you and, of course, uh, the ceremony hereafter. Amen. God is a mighty good God. Amen. Amen. Listen, uh, ushers, if you will, uh, make, make, get those pledge cards available to us. We do want to, uh, at this time, encourage our members and remind our members that uh, this Sunday we want to begin uh, our pledges for Arcade uh, advance. You recall that last year we began Arcade Advance, a five-year uh, giving program. We bought 28 acres of land for our new uh, site. Amen, somebody. Amen. We've just about paid all of that off now, and this year we want to begin phase two of that project. This year we want to uh, actually secure our architect and secure the renderings uh, uh, for the site plan development so that everybody will know exactly what we're building. We'll be able to see uh, in 3D fashion uh, all of the rooms, all of the facilities, all of the 
uh, wonderful amenities that God is going to do for us. That is being uh, going to be done in the next few months as we are beginning those meetings with architects now, and we want you to continue to do your part. Now, if whatever you gave last year, if you want to start right there again, you can just double that, and or well, you can double that or triple that, however you want to, or you can stay right there. Amen. Give what you want to give, but just make sure you give something. Amen. I need another amen. Make sure you give something. Amen. Everybody do your part. Amen. Carry your corner. Let's do our parts and make sure we uh, continue in the, in the wonderful start that we have made. Amen. If you're uh, wondering what all it is, just go by there. Amen. It's just, just down the street there on Ridgeway. See, you'll see those 28 acres have already uh, been secured and people are getting excited. Uh, we got some some uh, had some meetings uh, last week, Brother Wheeler. Uh, some folk wanting to talk about what we can do together, and we're we're entertaining and listening to all of that. Uh, but we know that God is in the business of kingdom building, Amen. Because ultimately, it is His kingdom that I'm interested in, and not just a campus, Amen. Somebody, I say it's His kingdom and not just a campus. Somebody gonna get it after a while. It's His kingdom and not just a campus that we're interested in, but we're building the kingdom of God, believing that God is in it. And if God is in it, there's nothing that the people of God cannot do together. Amen. God bless you and God keep you. Make sure you go ahead and fill that out. If you want to turn that in uh, during their offering, you can do that. Or if you want a week to pray about it, amen. Uh, you can take about a week or so, amen. But just make sure you don't take too long because we do want to go ahead and get those pledge numbers together. God bless you and God keep you. Here's our prayer. Brother Thickpin, why don't you come? We do have one important announcement I want to share with you. Uh, Reverend Harris, I lost a sister. She passed away feeling uh, our details are not complete at this time, but we ask you to pay for our own Reverend Harris, and I know you know that, he, but he lost a sister. Amen. Young people have done so well, I had to get permission. <laughs> this time now we're going to pause for our tithe and offertory period, and we're going to ask that you please prepare to give as you have been so blessed. And just remember, you can't be God-giving. Amen. The deacons are going to provide the opportunity for us to come, but we're going to get special words from the pulpit will a man rob God yet you have robbed me but you say wherein have we robbed thee in tithes and offerings you are cursed with a curse for ye have robbed me even this whole nation bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. May the Lord add his blessings to the readers, the hearers, and the doers of his holy word. Ushers and choir, will you please come?
say amen. Amen. Can we bless God for these young people? Amen. Somebody said one more time. Amen. And while you have one more time, you ought to praise him. You don't know how many times you got left. Amen. But we thank him for the time that he's given us. Listen, I do also want to ask that you keep Sister Mamie Thomas in your prayers. She lost her sister last week and that service is going to be held in Ocean Springs at the Macedonia Baptist Church on tomorrow at 11 a.m. So do please keep uh, Sister Mamie Thomas in your prayers. My understanding is that she's already departed for uh, that service and uh, we just ask that you keep them lifted up uh, and uh, reach out uh, when possible. Amen. God bless you. We're going to let you take back over. Amen. Aren't they doing a fine job? Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Next, we will have a special presentation by Troop 5379, and following that, we will also have a slideshow. I know you've heard it 
many times by Reverend Buckley, Reverend Horace Buckley. It's a mighty poor frog that won't praise his own. Seven. From Troop 5010. $100. From Amira has truly enjoyed participating in Girl Scout for the past nine years. At this time, the little girl knew nothing about Girl Scouts. All she knew was that her two best friends were in it. Her first thought was with a sweet little tired. So she hops into the shower, and bloop was all you heard. Yes, she did fall in the shower and had a bruise on the art of business that day. This is where she met Miss Sims and the Daisy Troop. It's kind of easy to sell cookies when you're little, because you had not seemed cool. But she had the right troop leader to keep her in check, Miss Sharon Davis, the cadet leader. The last days of Girl Scout, she cannot quit, nor will Miss Morgan or Miss Gray allow her to. She is still involved in Scouts. As you can figure by now, that young girl is me. I hope my story did not bore you, but I would like to say to my young stay in Girl Scouts. Don't miss out on any opportunities. Take every chance you get. You might not understand what it's doing for you now. For special music. I'm gone, so. For the world today, apart from there's no other. Jesus is the way. Above them there's no other Jesus is the way Seek ye first the kingdom of God And His righteousness And all these things shall be Let's bless our young people again. Bless these children. Let them know you appreciate them. Yes. Yeah. 
Amen. We thank God for you and for all that our youth department and young people uh, are doing. This is our future. Amen. Amen. And I don't know about you, but I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged when I look at them and hear of the greatness and see the greatness before my eyes. I'm encouraged with where we're going. Amen. Amen. Read earlier in your hearing from Matthew's gospel, Matthew chapter 6, verses 24 through 34. Uh, it was read so well. Amen. By the Girl Scouts. I'm not going to read it all again. Uh, what I will do, however, is concentrate on that 33rd verse uh, that our young people just reminded us of through song. Verse 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. For a few moments, I want to continue in this series generous life and talk about life is more life is more life is more here here's a fun fact for you fun fact fun fact in 1950 1950 uh, the average size of the american house that was being built in 1950 was 983 square feet 983 square feet. The average house built in 1950 was 983 square feet. Last year, the average size of the U.S. home being built in America in 2017 was 2,600 square feet. That's roughly, that's roughly three times the size of the houses built in 1950. Now you say, well, uh, suppose it get bigger, the families are getting bigger. No, that's not true. Actually, in 1950, the average family size was about four members, whereas in, in 2017, the average family size was about three. So while family sizes are getting smaller, house sizes are getting bigger. What accounts for that? What accounts for that, Dennis? One thing. One thing accounts for that, and that is stuff. Stuff. We, we, we don't have more children. We don't have more family members, but we do have a whole lot more. I wish somebody would talk to me. We got a lot more stuff. A lot more stuff. We are really a culture of consumerism, and, and as such, we, we have made life really about our stuff. A lot of us live for stuff. We love getting new stuff. We, we like stuff. We wait for things to go on sale so we can buy new stuff. Amen. And sometimes we replace the old stuff that we got. Sometimes we just add to the old stuff and we put the old stuff next to the new stuff and say, well, that's some nice stuff. I like my stuff. Amen, amen. And, and we feel good about our stuff. We'll even compare our stuff to our neighbor's stuff and see who's got the best stuff. Amen. Don't, don't let us find stuff on sale because then we get happy about the stuff that we bought because we got the stuff at a good price. Yeah. 
who's got the best stuff? Some of you are feeling anxious right now because you wonder if I'm talking about you and your stuff. And you're saying, Reverend, I know you got some stuff. Yes, I do. We all have stuff. Go into any of our houses. There's stuff in this room, stuff in that room, new stuff, old stuff, good stuff, bad stuff, shiny stuff, dusty stuff, messy stuff, and some neatly labeled stuff. Forgotten stuff. Things that was lost among your other stuff. And then there's stuff that you're still looking for that's lost somewhere among the other stuff. Amen, somebody. And then when, when you don't have any more space left for your stuff, what we'll do is we'll go and pay somebody for storage so we can store the stuff that we don't have space for in the house. Guilty as charged. Amen. Amen. I mean, we got appliances, we have furniture, we have clothing, we have cars, boats, Trucks, ski jets, fishing poles, bowling balls, golf clubs, boxes, baskets, tools, and toys. Just stuff. And don't get me wrong. Some of it is well organized. Some of it is messy. But Jesus takes the time in this text and he teaches his disciples that life is more than the stuff that we make it about. Jesus knows that the tendency of humanity is to make life about the attainment of wealth and the acquisition of things. And we measure, we tend to measure our success by how much stuff we have. Reality TV feeds the frenzy of getting more and doing more. The Housewives series, how many of us watch it? I'm going to give you a chance to tell the truth in church. How many of us watch Housewives? <laughs> Amen. Amen. We watch Housewives. And, 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 and basically, if you watch Housewives, it causes you to believe that life is, is good because you, you, you acquire designer clothes or glamorous houses or exotic vacations. Married to Medicine has a very similar message that, that life is about how much money you make or how big your bank account is or, or how much house you can afford. And the modern media posits an underlying message of consumption and consumerism, suggesting that the more you have, the better your quality of life. The devil is a liar. That is the same lie that he's been proposing ever since the beginning in the Garden of Eden that somehow if you do something other than what God has given, you'll be more happy. You'll be more satisfied. You'll live a better, live a better quality of life. Think about it. Think about it. How oftentimes do we go out shopping because we really need it? Don't, don't answer that right now. Just think about it. How many times are our shopping trips because we really need it? Most times, a lot of times, oftentimes, we shop for things because we're bored or we don't have anything else to do or we're anxious or we're depressed. Sometimes folks shop mad. Amen. Your husband or your wife made you mad. Oh, it's getting quiet now. And you feel better after you buy something new, but really it never really feels the hole or soothes the womb or it makes us, never really makes us feel better about ourselves because the problem is that if we aren't careful, the things that we own very quickly begin to own us. 
and the lifestyle that we spend a lifetime creating will own us rather than actually allow us to serve us so that we can in turn serve God and his kingdom. Let me be clear, there's absolutely nothing wrong with being successful and enjoying the fruits of your labor. If you work hard and you have a good paying job, you ought to be able to enjoy what the benefits of that job provide. Amen, somebody. The Bible does not teach us that, that we should be paupers. No, no, the Bible says you should not muzzle the ox when it is treading the corn. In other words, if you're doing the work, you ought to be able to enjoy the benefits that come from the work. The Bible says that the worker is worthy of his wages, so God does not have a problem with us earning a living and being successful and enjoying the fruits of that success. No, bless the Lord if you have a beautiful house and the ability to go on wonderful vacations and eat delectable meals. Nothing wrong with that, and you should not have a guilt complex about working hard and playing hard. The issue is when my lifestyle impacts my ability to seek the kingdom when my toys become my gods when I have to maintain and update my stuff at the expense of the kingdom when my stuff has hampered my ability to be a vessel used by God in awesome ways that's when I've mismanaged the meaning of life and Jesus teaches us today that life is more Life is more than that. Life is more than my stuff. Life is more than my things. Life is more than my work. And when we make the mistake of reducing life to the acquisition of things, we do damage not only to our quality of life, but to the condition of our souls. Jesus teaches in what we refer to as the Sermon on the Mount about this idea of the meaning of life and it being more than what we tend to make it. And we should be careful in how we interpret this text because there are at least two things that this text does not teach us. This text, first of all, does not teach us. This text is not a prescriptive formula for the acquisition of wealth. That's number one. This text is not a prescriptive formula for the acquisition of wealth. I've heard this taught and preached a number of times in a number of ways by different preachers and teachers, particularly those who are of the prosperity persuasion, and they use this text to say this is how God wants to bless you. This is how you, if you want to be a millionaire, seek first the kingdom. If you want to get rich, seek first the kingdom. That is not what this text is about. Matter of fact, when you read the beginning of this text, back in verse 24, Jesus is saying, he very clearly says, you cannot serve two masters. You cannot love God and mammon. So Jesus is making, is saying this is not about, this is not a get rich quick text. This is not how to manipulate God in bless, into blessing you. Jesus says, no, you cannot have a heart for God and gold. You either will love one or hate the other or hate the one and love the other, but you will not love both. So this is not a prescriptive formula for the acquisition of wealth. Then secondly, this text, not only this text is not a text also, it is not a text that promotes laziness or excuses us from work. This text is not a text that promotes laziness. Or excuse me, why do you say that? Because there, there are several passages, in, in several parts in this passage where Jesus says, take no thought. Take no thought about tomorrow. Take no thought about what you should wear. Or, or take no thought about what you will eat because God will take care of you. And, and, and there are some people who will take that verse to believe, well, if God is going to take care of me, why am I worried about it? If God is going to bless me like that, then what I got to work for? 
Amen. Tell your neighbor, don't be lazy. Amen. This is, this, is not, this is not an answer for being lazy. God does not expect us to be lazy. In fact, the Christian ethic has a strong work ethic intertwined. All throughout the Bible, you will find that, that, that God talks about work. Jesus was a carpenter. Paul was a tent maker. Andrew, James, and John, and Peter were fishermen. Matthew was a tax collector. All of them worked. They worked. And so there is not this idea that, that, that somehow God is just going to drop blessings into our laps and we don't have to do anything. Scripture promotes an ethic of work. Ephesians 4 and 28 says, let him that stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Proverbs 12 and 11, he that tilleth, uh, he that tilleth his his land shall be satisfied with bread, but he that followeth vain persons is void of understanding. Tilling land, that's work. Proverbs 14 and 23. In all labor there is profit, but the talk of the lips tendeth only to penury. In other words, the, the, the writer is saying, listen, don't just, don't just talk about it, but be about it. Work. Don't, don't just talk, uh, uh, well, I would work if, if, if the man, if the man, the man, the man, the man ain't keeping you from working. If you're not working, amen, it ain't the man's fault. Y'all getting real quiet on me. Amen. Wakanda forever you said, right? It ain't the man's fault. Exodus 34 and 21. Six days thou shalt work, but on the seventh day thou shalt rest. This idea of work is all throughout scripture. And so when Jesus says, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or drink, or, or for your body, what you shall put on it. When he says, take no thought of these things, this is not Jesus teaching that we should live carefree, lazy, slothful lives, depending on the Lord to just drop blessings from heaven into our laps. Rather, Jesus is teaching his disciples that we have a God who will take care of us. It's the same message. Watch this. It's the same message. It, it, what Jesus is saying is this. Listen, let me just put it like this. He's saying, listen, don't make your life about getting the next big house, getting the next big car, getting the next fine suit. Don't be on the hamster wheel of always getting the next thing because if you get on that wheel, it's hard to get off. And life is more. Life is more. Life is more than just the acquisition of stuff and things. Life is more than trying to impress people who really don't even like you. Life is more. Life is more. Life is more than trying to look the part. Life is more. Same message that Jesus teaches in Luke's gospel. Luke includes in his gospel the parable of the rich fool. In this very parallel passage, Luke includes Jesus telling this parable of the rich fool. And you remember this parable. Jesus says there was a man who planted a field and, and he had a large uh, crop of abundance. And when he looked at all uh, of the crop and grain that was coming in and he looked at his barns, he said, I have nowhere for this stuff. I don't have anywhere to put it. He says, what am I going to do with all of these crops and grains? He said, I know what I'll do. I'll tear down my old barns. And I'll build new barns, bigger barns, so I have more space for more stuff. 
That was his solution. I, I need a bigger house. I got too much stuff. Rather than downsizing, I'll get bigger. And so he decides, I'll tear down, I'll, I'll get a bigger barn, and, I, and, and he did that. And he tore it down, and he said, and, and, and when I do this, I'll be able to take my leisure, and, and I'll say to my soul, uh, now eat, drink, and be merry. Jesus said, Jesus said, little did he know that that very night, death would come knocking. And, and death would come knocking and his soul would be required of him. And Jesus said, in that day when your soul is required, what's going to happen to your stuff? Who's going to have the things that you've been saving and holding on to? couple of points in this parable, I'm going to let you go. Number one, number one, a couple of points in that parable, parable. Point number one is don't feed your stomach at the expense of your soul. Don't feed your stomach at the expense of your soul. In other words, in other words, don't spend all of your time on temporal material things when there are eternal things that are of more value. Temporal things, and you know this, fade away, pass away. Amen. If it, listen, listen, don't, don't, a strong enough wind will blow that house down. You do know that, don't you? Water, salt, and enough time will rust that car. Amen, somebody. Amen. Uh, drop, drop that phone in water long enough, and it won't make another call. Amen. Catch a nail with that St. John suit and it will rip just like any other fabric. Y'all ain't talking to me. I promise you, it'll rip, it'll tear just like any J.C. Penney fabric. It'll tear, it'll rip, it'll unravel. What are you saying? I'm saying all of the things that we put a lot of time, effort, energy, and money in are things that will fade away. And Jesus says, don't spend all of your money, all of your time, all of your resource on stuff that won't last. Build your treasure and things in heaven, things that are eternal. The songwriter said, build your hopes on things eternal. These things will fade away. They won't last. Amen. Even the best pair of shoes will wear out. I know I got a witness in here. Amen. Even, even the best looking purse, ladies. Amen. Hold it long enough. I know I'm right about it. Amen. Amen. Number two, number two, number two, number two. Here it is. That parable also teaches that you don't have forever. You don't have forever. Death came knocking at this man's door when he was expecting to live the rest of his life, eating, drinking, and being merry. And that very night, his soul was required. What are you saying? I'm saying you don't have forever. You don't know when your last breath will be breathed. And since you don't know when, you should make the most of every moment given to you investing into the kingdom of God. Don't watch this. A lot of people say, well, I'm going to wait until my money get right and then I'm going to give a big gift. Give now. I'm going to wait until the Lord bless me with when my ship comes in and then I, no, deal with, deal with the canoe you got now. 
If you got a John boat, deal it, give out of that. Whatever you got, deal with, give with what God has given you. How God has given you. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? What are you saying? I'm saying start now. Quit waiting. Quit putting it off. Quit putting it off to bless someone, to, to, to be a blessing to someone. No, you, you don't know how God will use that very little thing that you have to be a humongous blessing in their lives. So what are you saying? Start while you have time. Start now while you can still be a blessing. It may not be big in your eyes, but it may be exactly what is needed for that moment. Third point, and I'm through. Last point. Here it is. You ready? This parable teaches us you can't take it with you. That's it. You can't take it with you. You, you can't take it with you. Th this, man, this man was planning on a long life. He, he was planning a life of leisure. He, he was planning to take his ease. He planned to eat and enjoy his fruits for a long time. And he did not know that his life would be required that night. And when his soul was required, the Lord poses that question to him. He says, now who's going to get your stuff? All that stuff you've been working for. All that stuff you've been setting aside. All, all that stuff that, that, that you've been holding on to, who's going to get it now? I told you last week, I told you last week, one of, one of, one of the, the reasons the Dead Sea is the Dead Sea is because the Jordan River flows into the Dead Sea, but the Dead Sea does not have an outlet to let anything out. And so for years and years and years, the, the Jordan has been pouring into it but nothing's been being released and because nothing's been being released the salt level in the Dead Sea has risen to such a level that nothing can live in it what are you saying I'm saying you can't always be on the receiving end sometimes you, you've got to release what God brings into your life everything that God gives you is not meant for you to keep it but you've got to learn how to be a vessel and a conduit so that when God gives you something that you've got the lines open that Lord if you want to just use me to get it to somebody I'm open to that and so Lord I'm not going to dam it up and levy it up and keep everything for myself but God use me how you want to use me. Here he is. He's trying to hold on to everything. But you cannot take it with you. In 2013, there were over $58 billion of unclaimed stuff in the U.S. $58 billion of cash, property, and benefits that people had not, yeah, and had not planned, and they left it out there, and it's just out there, in the system, tied up. Nobody's claiming it. Why? Watch this. I'll tell you why. Because no one took the time to say how they wanted to leave their stuff. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Here, I'm through. But here's something that we as Christians and we as black Christians have to do a better job at. We have to be more thoughtful about our next generation. We, we have to be more thoughtful and, and thinking about putting them in a place, watch this, where they're not always playing catch up. Amen, somebody. We've been playing catch up for too long. 
And if you've been working 30, 40, 50 years, we ought to be able to leave something to the next generation that at least allows them to start at the same start line. If Billy got a trust fund, then I'm going to give Jamiroquay a trust fund. Y'all ain't talking to me. If Timmy got a trust fund, I'm going to give Tyrone a trust fund. He got a trust fund, I'm not going to just say, Lord, trust in the Lord. He'll take care of you. Amen. You ought to be able to give the child more than a prayer. That's what your grandmama gave you. That's what mama gave us. We ought to be better positioned to put our children in a better place, a better starting place than we started. I'm through, I'm through, I'm through, I'm through. Let us consider how God wants to use what he brings into our lives. Because I promise you this, everything that comes into your life is not about you. Everything that God gives to you is not for you. There's some things he puts in your hand for the express reason for you to give it to somebody else. Every gift, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. What we got to ask is, Lord, is it meant for me? Or am I just a distribution center? See, some of us have decided we're warehouses. But I've decided I'm going to be a distribution center. There is a difference, you know. Warehouses just hold stuff. But distribution centers is always stuff going through them. Warehouses just hold, but if you're a distribution center, that means I receive, but I also release. I'll use what you want me to use, but I'll also spread what you want me to spread. Bless the name of the Lord. I encourage you this morning to do what Jesus said, simply this. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. All he's saying is, don't make your life about stuff. Don't make your life about things. Enjoy life in all of its fullness, but don't let things be the motivation or the center of your heart. What should be the center? He said, the kingdom. The kingdom of God and his righteousness. I want to invite someone this morning to do just that. To make Jesus Christ the center of your heart. Listen, here's what God did. God loved you so much that he decided to not just write about generous giving and put it in a book, but he decided he would demonstrate it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son 
that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, the good news is this. You can do it here right now today. And your life will be forever changed. For the Bible says this. You're a new creature. Old things are passed away. And all things have become new. Does it mean you're going to be perfect? Absolutely not. Does it mean you're not going to make any more mistakes? Absolutely not. But it does mean this. It means that the blood of Jesus Christ has then washed all of your sins, past, present, and future. And as such, you then have the right to eternity with him. Because one day, like the rich fool in the parable, death will come knocking at your door. And when it comes knocking, your soul will be required question is, is your soul ready to meet its creator and live eternity with him? If it's not, we want to invite you right now. Accept Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life. And it starts by giving yourself away, by giving your heart to him. Say, Lo, I stand at the door and knock. If any man would open the door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. The doors of the church are open. We invite you. Give yourself to God this morning. I give. Give myself away. Hallelujah. Wherever you are, whoever you are, give yourself. Give myself away. This is the time. So this is the moment. Can you this is your day. I give myself away. You don't have to worry about anybody else or what anybody else is thinking. This is between you and God. I give. I give myself Somebody needs to do that this morning. You hear the Lord. You hear his spirit. I give. Give myself Come now. Come now. You're in the balcony, the overflow, wherever you are. Won't you come? Won't you come? I give myself away. So you can use me. I give. You've already given your life to Christ, but you don't have a church home. We invite you to come. You come. I give myself away. So you, so you can use, can use me. Here, here I am. Here I stand. Here I stand. On my life. Oh! 
Father God, how grateful, how thankful we are for this day. Lord, we want to thank you for being so incredibly blessed by you. Truth of the matter is, we have more things than we know what to do with. And God, we're thankful. Lord, we pray that we would never take for granted your blessings. That we would always have a grateful heart. Lord, we pray that we would also be cognizant that everything you give to us is not for us. But there's a reason that you bless us to, in fact, be a blessing to others. And so, God, make us aware and alert of our surroundings and those that you intend for us to bless. God, make us generous givers that our lives would be blessings to those who we meet. Now, as we go from this place, let us never depart from your spirit. May the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 God bless you. Go in peace.